Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. What would you do if you found yourself in a cave underground with no one in sight, completely foreign to your surroundings, with very little light and feeling unsure of your way out of there? Scary thought, right? Sophia Frankston, a student missionary, can give us her recollection of a time where she and her colleagues planned a special day to explore the beautiful caves of southern Asia. How did she manage to eventually get out? Let's listen and find out how she relied on God to see her through. Hello, my name is Sophia Frankston and I was a student missionary on the Taikadai Project. Today, I'm going to be sharing a couple of stories from my experience. My first story is titled, Alone Underground. It was a staff day. All of the staff at the English school where I was teaching were going to have a day where we went out and did something fun. And we were traveling to a city where there were a lot of caves just outside of the city in a a beautiful nature area. So we all loaded up and it was all of us staff and um, the missionaries, everybody together. We were all in one big uh, motorcade. We traveled all the way out to this other city and we got to the cave and it was very beautiful. And I'd never been to a cave in Southeast Asia before. There are a couple of key differences between the caves in the U.S. that I have visited and the caves in Taikadai land. Um, the first difference that stuck out to me was the fact that there were shrines pretty much everywhere we went. Um, all of the major sites of the cave, where they had the most beautiful spots, had a place to worship the spirit of that area. A place for people to leave notes where they uh, would ask the spirit for favors, or just a place to worship. Another interesting difference was that whereas caves that I have been to here in the U.S. have a lot of safety rails and uh, lights to make sure that people know where to go and that they don't fall off into a, a different area, these caves didn't really have anything like that. You were pretty much free to go wherever you wanted. So our group went inside the cave and we had a tour guide and for the first little bit um, there was a concrete pathway and there were a lot of beautiful stone formations and we had a great time looking at them. And then we had to get into boats and travel on the water. There was an underground river back into a deeper part of the cave where there was more to see. And this was really where the um, trail became much more obscure. It was more just climbing around on the rocks in the back of the cave and listening to the tour guide who was sharing the story of the cave and uh, how, how they came to find it. And I really enjoy looking at nature. I really enjoy... Um, these kinds of activities and so i was taking my time keeping track of where people were but i was looking at the stone formations there was one that if you tapped on it just right it would make beautiful music 
Um, and there was another area that we weren't allowed to walk in because it would uh, disrupt the natural formation. But it was very, very clear water that had these little round, shiny pebbles in it that had formed from minerals dripping down from the ceiling. It was very cool. So I was enjoying myself. And then all of a sudden I looked up and realized that there wasn't anybody around anymore. I had been looking around and taking my sweet time, and I hadn't noticed that the people with me had all gone ahead and they disappeared. This caused me just a little bit of panic. I don't like not knowing where I'm going, um, and the, like I had said before, the path wasn't really clear as to where I should go. So I was nervous, not really sure if I was going to be able to find my friends, the people that I had come with, and not sure of the way back down to the boats that we had come in, we could get out um, to the uh, rest of the cave. It was at this point that I started to pray, um, and I headed in the direction I thought that the others had gone, and soon I found there was a, a little bit of a, what appeared to be a cleared path, so I headed down that. And everything was going well. I was starting to comfort myself. I'm, I'm going to catch up with them soon. And then the path dropped off. And at first, it looked like it just stopped. There wasn't anything. Um, but there were electric lights set into the walls, so it was clear that this was a place that people could go. So I went up to the edge, and I saw guardrails, and I looked down to a very steep, very rusty, very rickety-looking staircase. Now, I don't like heights, and being in a cave, while it is beautiful, is a little bit nerve-wracking already. And at the bottom of the stairs, underneath the stairs, there was just this black hole. So if I got onto the stairs and the stairs broke underneath me, I couldn't see how far I would be falling. The stairs themselves were maybe 10 or 12 feet from where I was at the top to the bottom. So I was faced with a decision. I could either go forward and go down those stairs to see if the others that, that I was looking for had gone this way, or I could turn around and hope that I could find my way back to the boats. I prayed, and I decided that I needed to go down the stairs. So, I took up all the courage that I had, and I went down the stairs. I went very slowly, and I prayed every step of the way, but they held. So I got to the bottom, and I walked just a little bit farther, and it was at that point that I saw that my teammates had made sure that someone had stayed behind at that spot to make sure that I found them. I was very relieved to find everybody, and I made sure that I stayed very close to the group for the rest of the day. I tell this story because it was a time when I had to rely only on God for the courage to get through the situation. I wasn't in any real danger. The stairs looked rusty and rickety, but we went back to them later and they were perfectly solid. And 
even if I had not been able to get the courage to move forward, the trail that we were that the others were on would have circled back and they would have found me eventually. But I needed to have that experience of being by myself to trust fully in God in that situation. It taught me a valuable lesson. This story reminds me of the promise God made to us, a promise that he will never leave or forsake us. Sophia claimed that promise and God showed her the way out. Here is one more event that happened where Sophia had to depend on God to help her get home. It might not have been a conventional way or even what she expected, but God made a way nonetheless. Here is her story. Another story from my time at the Taikadai Project takes place a few months later and was another time when I had to trust in God and His plan um, in a situation where I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I had just gone on a trip to visit a different project and I was on my way back when I discovered that I had planned a little bit incorrectly and I needed to be back at the school a day earlier than I thought I did. This would mean that instead of being able to land back at the project and uh, spend the night at one location and then travel by day bus to the place where I was teaching, instead of that, I would need to take the night bus as soon as I landed at the first project location, take the night bus all the way to the second. This wouldn't normally be an issue, but it was holiday season. The reason why we were off of school and I had been able to take my trip was because we didn't have, it was a holiday, we didn't have any school. So the holiday was ending and there were a lot of people traveling back from the capital city out to the city where I was supposed to be teaching. And I had not made a reservation to get on the night bus. So... When I got back to the capital city, uh, the missionaries there drove me to the bus station and they were trying to help me find a ticket on a night bus back to the project uh, location, the other city. I was very nervous about this. I don't like doing things last minute. And to make matters worse, when we got there, we were being told that there were no more seats available on any night buses tonight. We went to many different windows and talked to many different people, and we got the same answer every time. There are no tickets left for any night buses heading to that city for this night. It looked like I would need to miss class. We prayed, and then the missionary that was with me decided that rather than just taking the word of the ticket counter people, that we should go back and talk to the individual bus drivers. The hope was that maybe one of them had overbooked or uh, and had somebody not uh, fill their seat so that there would be an empty seat that I could take. So we went out back and I'm praying as the career missionary is going from bus to bus to bus, asking bus drivers if they're going to the city where I need to go and if they have a space available. And again and again, we were getting the answer, no, I'm sorry, we don't have any room for you. Until we got to the very last bus. And initially, his response was the same as all the other bus drivers. No, I'm sorry, I don't have any room on this bus. 
and we were about to give up and turn away and I was going to have to figure out what else I was going to do, make arrangements for someone to teach my class the next day at the school, when the bus driver called us back. Hey, wait a minute. I have an idea. We have a cargo hold on this bus. And usually we save it for suitcases and we save it as a place for us to sleep if we need to stop by the side of the road at nighttime. But we don't think we're going to need to stop this time and we don't have any suitcases, so you're welcome to stay in the cargo hold. We'll charge you the same price as a regular ticket and you can just take the whole trip where we put the suitcases. So, since it was the last option available, we decided to accept. I went ahead and paid the bus driver my fare, and he graciously showed me the space where I would be spending the rest of the evening. It was a tiny little space underneath the bunks at the back of the night bus, and it had just enough space for me to lay out fully, but I couldn't sit up fully. It was very long and short. And so I crawled back in there and there was a little bit of a cushion for me to lay on. And I spent the night in that little space all the way back to the place where I needed to be. And no, it wasn't the most comfortable night bus ride I've ever had in my life. There was a fan that was blowing up uh, air for the rest of the bus, and it was very loud. It was right there with me, and it was kind of cold. But I was so grateful for the provision that God had made for me to be able to get back to where I needed to be on time. You know, in life, we often have situations that come up that we haven't planned for. We don't really know what to do. And we're not really sure how God is going to take care of it. But my experiences have taught me that He will take care of it. He will absolutely find a way. God always has a plan and we can trust in Him. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. If God is calling you to become a missionary, then please visit our website at www.afmonline.com. Org for more information. See you next time. God bless.